the Republic of Middle-Aged Men. I am your host, Tim, and once again, joining me today is Lachlan. G'day, guys. And Ruben. Hey, yeah. Gentlemen, we're finally Howdy. reading the book. <laughs> we got there. Mm. Well, part of the way. First step. <laughs> Wait, when, um, was it first, when was it first published? Were we a few thousand years too late? <laughs> Give or take a couple of hundred. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Uh, so let's let's uh, start with how our week's been. So, um, how, how are you, Lachlan? What's your beverage for this evening? Uh, mate, I'm good. Uh, I'm actually sticking with the old faithful. I'm having another GMT here. Um, mostly, I think, because of uh, Ruben's excuse from last week, which is that's what I've got. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, our no, week's been okay. Um, Went and got my COVID jab yesterday. So number one for the Pfizer. So that's good. And, um, well, look, you know, lockdown life. It's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I did get some, an exciting delivery though. So a few more car parts turned up. So, um, that's good news. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much, uh, ready to roll on the, the refresh for the cappuccino. So, um, so that's that's super exciting. I'm just gonna, you know, wait so we can get the the ducks sort of lined up, and I want to get it all done in one go, and be like, it's just perfect, you know, when you <laughs> you roll out. That's it's gonna be fun. I, I saw some photos, and it looks um, the parts you got are very tidy. Um, so there's some carbon fiber parts. Is that right? Yeah, um, not because it's like um, gonna set the world on fire, but it was just kind of like, um, you know, it's 660 cc's of three cylinder fury just to put you in the picture. But um, I just kind of figured if you're gonna do it, like the cost difference between going and getting something that was just kind of fiberglass and getting the uh, the carbon fiber, it wasn't that much more. So I was like, eh. You're gonna do a job, do it properly, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all in, all in, baby. That's it. Very good. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Rubes? What are you drinking? Ah, uh, yeah, going all, going all right. I'm actually with all the setting up. I forgot to grab myself a drink, but <gasps> I'm in an even worse position than I am was last week. I think I'm down to a couple of ciders in the in the rear fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think I'm going to have to break some COVID regulations and uh, and stock up at some point. <laughs> you know, Dan Murphy's deliver. Yeah, I looked at that. It's 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 uh, the pricing is not acceptable when you get it delivered. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that you just have to order in bulk rooms, and then the the delivery cost is lower, right? True, true, true. <laughs> Economies of scale. That's what you're going to look at. <laughs> I might be able to figure something out. Live with me. Um. Cool, man. And, and what have you been up to? I uh, you know, just working um, at home, lockdown, as you guys as you guys said. That's about it. Yeah. Any any uh, Xboxing? I think I saw you on Civilization. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on that. That's a time sink and a half. Man, I used to play so much Civ. Did you ever play Civ, Lachlan? <laughs> yeah, long, long time ago. Dude, it's kind I of ironic that... that you're playing that. You, you've set yourself for some uh, ancient Greece, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember playing Civ 3 or 2 2 Civ 2 um, and Civ 1 but Civ 2 on a PC in my parents garage listening to Nirvana's Bleach 
<laughs> oh wow! Just until like three a.m. Just keep playing, and playing, and playing. It's <laughs> <That is> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember playing on a four eight six or something. I don't know whether it was that long ago, but it, it that was a PC one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. That was that was a great game. <laughs> um, I've been similar, boys. I've been like still working, but can't really do much. Um. But I uh, had a crack at the new Flight Sim uh, today, Microsoft Flight Simulator, on Xbox. And um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. My kids were so excited. Once we jumped on, my daughter was like, let's go to Paris and fly past the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and then my son's like, can I go? And I'm like, yep. And he goes, I'm going to fly into the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he crashed before he got there. So <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, that's pretty cool. And I also grabbed uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Because it was sixty-five percent off, and I was like, "Oh, was it worth then?" Yeah, uh, it's got like every expansion in it, every skin pack. What did they want so for it? Tell like them the price. Fifty-five, son. fifty-five, I think. That's with oh. everything. It's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. I don't, I don't think I've played Mortal Kombat since I had a Sega Mega Drive. That was three. <laughs> Mortal Kombat three. It probably was. Do you remember that six-button controller, that ridiculous yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Before there was ergonomics. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have you the controller... Double-jointed like, thumb. Yeah, or you'd play with your three fingers moving up and down on one side with your hand on the other, upside yeah. down. That was ridiculous. Yeah, like, we just need a button for everything. Yeah. One button. <laughs> well, it had to be like the arcade machines. Yeah, true, true. Oh, that's so, really it's, oh, yeah. My drink of choice, which I'm just opening to top myself up, is um, I think you might have got this for me, Lachlan. It's the. Yep, um, yep, yep. Uh, I don't know how to say that. La Gavulun. Uh, I lay single malt scotch whiskey. What is it? I don't know. It's just. Uh... <laughs> you were sounding like you knew what you were talking about for a second there. Um, this is magnificent whiskey. Hmm. So, yeah, thank you. And I wish you could be here so I could share it with you. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's marvellous, absolutely marvellous. Good stuff. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's um, start talking about the Republic. So when, when we talked about making this show initially, uh, I looked at this book and thought, well, it's not a huge looking thing um there's 10 books or chapters in my one so let's do one a week and that was pretty ambitious <laughs> after reading the first one this week um there's heaps in here a lot um, going on yeah. yeah so but before we talk about specifics i just want to talk about the experience of you know committing to doing this um i think I didn't realize how much time I would invest knowing that I have to get in front of a microphone and talk about it. Um, I just thought, oh, crazy as I'll read it once and have a chat. And then it's like, I think I've gone through this like four times now. I've, I've written it in my book. I've got notes everywhere. Um, it's complicated um, and, and pretty cool. So um, I'll start with you, Lachlan. Like what, what's your experience been? How many times have you read or listened to it this week and, and have you gone about it? Yeah, so like I, uh, I started off with just uh, listening to somebody reading it via a podcast, uh, and that, that was good just to give you sort of a bit of 
I, I think quick to sort of grasp the sort of vibe of what was going on, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, there's a few characters early on and obviously just cause the, the names are unfamiliar to, um, you know, our modern ears, you know, it just takes a little bit to go, oh, who's talking again and just, you know, where do they sort of fit in it? So, so I did that the first time around, um, then read through it and then sort of thought I'd go through it another time just to kind of like really sort of like start to make some notes and stuff. So I think it was on that, that third time I, uh, tried to do it with the, the podcast playing at the same time and realized that, uh, they were taking some artistic liberties with the, uh, the podcast and it wasn't a direct reading of the text. So I had to kind of scrap that and, um, just sort of work my way through the text. The third read was actually, oh, sorry, second read, third sort of go at it was actually, uh, I think where I really sort of grasped it, if you know what I mean, because as we were all sort of saying, like there is a lot that's sort of going on there. So, um, I think it does take a couple of cracks at it to, to start to get it. What's, what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's just super, super deep and complicated. Yeah. yeah. And I must say, like, yeah, I think having sort of read through that, that, that book one now is sort of go, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It might be a little ambitious, just kind of <laughs> plugging away. Cause, cause there is a lot you want to unpack and, and different things you want to talk about. Even just like the, the intro to the book, the sort of like lead up to where they start talking about, it's interesting. You know what I mean? There's a lot so, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And, um, how about you, Rips? Uh, I, I agree fully. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty dense, and um, then, yeah, we might have to dial it back. Maybe not do a whole book in one week. Um, <laughs> like, I, it's 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 deceiving because you look at the the breakup of the book, and it's it's you know it's a bunch of books, and you then you realise oh no those books are actually what we would these days call chapters, but then when you actually read one book, which in your mind you think oh one chapter it's not really one chapter. There's a lot more than would happen in a traditional chapter in terms of <clears> like thematically. Um, what, 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 in terms of experience, so what I, what I found surprising was um, while there's a lot going on, um, I, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like it, in terms of um, the, just, just the way that it's structured, it's basically set up like a, a, a conversation between mates. Um, and, and I just found the, the banter really entertaining, um, you know, the way they're kind of egging each other on and, and sort of start, uh, I guess, what we'd put shit on each other is what, what we call it these days. Um, and so I didn't expect that. I, I kind of just assumed it was going to be a little bit drier and, you know, a little bit mm. more technical, but it's, it's in, in a certain way, it's really not. It's surprisingly familiar, hey? Like, yeah, just, just the way they sort of go at it. Um, it's interesting though. Like, did you find it's sort of like, and, and obviously maybe something that's maybe not something we're familiar with these days in this day and age, but it's almost like there's kind of like a rules of engagement of the way that they play through these conversations that before they start the conversation, it's like, okay, we're, we're about to have a debate, you know? So, yeah. um, that we yeah. keep stopping and going, all right, where do we go from here? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and that real, like, joy of the debate even though it's not in a high court or anything like that it's literally like it's like guys having a barbecue just talking some issue out trying to work out their view of something in the world um and but they like really sort of like tackle it to take the joy out of the discussion and the and the 
the nuance out of you know what they think they can see yeah yeah no, i agree with that it's almost like a, a lost art hmm. absolutely it feels like a lost art it, it's um i guess this is what you did before xbox right uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um you know it it's um i'm disagreeable by nature and my mum used to go nuts trying to raise me because I just argue for the sake of arguing and I, I just feel like I was born 2,000 years too late this is, <laughs> this is an awesome time to be alive in these books you just argue all day and no one get no one gets upset about it <laughs> well oh, that's not quite true <laughs> okay well it's socially Marcus or whatever that cat's name is yeah we'll call it socially acceptable to be disagreeable which is cool. All right, um, cool. Well, that was that was good to chat about that experience. Um, for me, I just listened to it um, a lot. You know, driving to and from work. I recall about halfway through the first book, driving to work, I just out loud just said, "Wow!" <laughs> like I just couldn't believe what I just heard. It was just. Oh, um, well, hold my... that thought and, and let us know which bit. Yeah, I'm not going to spill it right on. now, yeah. but. Um, and I had to do this really um, tedious job yesterday. The uh, bathroom window, there's this adhesive glazing on there that a couple of years ago the kids started picking at. And all of a sudden there's like a... This is what they do. A large orange size hole now. And so um, that bathroom window kind of backs directly onto our neighbor's outdoor deck. <laughs> so uh, I was like, all right, it's time to fix it. So I was sitting there with a razor blade, just peeling this stuff away, like a millimetre at a time. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll put this on again and listen to it while I'm doing this job. Um, at least I'll have something good happening while I'm wasting this moment of my life doing this thing. So that was good. Um, but I've decided that this book is cheap enough for me to write in, so I've been underlining and writing yeah, and drawing likewise. over it too. It's a mess at this point. Oh, nice. Yeah, lots of highlights. Funnily enough, uh, despite getting the, uh, you know, Kindle digital version, I ended up I having it printed, printed out so that I could stick highlighter in it. And... <laughs> I feel like I'm back in high school here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, um, let's, let's get into it. So uh, introducing this first book, uh, the characters so we thought we'd just start this part here just saying who's in it um just to sort of get the names out there in the way that we'll mispronounce them um, <laughs> so uh, socrates or socrates as you call him often um, obviously he's the main character and the book is written in the first person uh, as if he's writing it himself hmm. um there's another person called uh, Glauson, I think. G-L-A-U-C-O-N. How, how did you guys say that? I'd, I'd say Glaucon. That, that's what I was saying too. Glaucon. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so he seems to be a friend of Socrates. Hmm. Uh, then there's Polymarchus. Um, Ruben, you said that differently. What was that one? No, no, Polymarchus is good. The Polymarchus I is think, good. I, I think Thrasymachus or, is going to be the bone of contention. Sure. Ah, sure. Um, I well, yes. So thrust. Well, I I called him Thrasymachus, but I think that's how my audiobook said it. Same with mine, but I like Thrasymachus. What do you think, Lachlan? 
uh, it sounds more authentic, I think, the way that uh, Rubes is going about it. But I must admit, I was doing it the other way, Thracy Marcus. It just sounds more Aussie, Thracy Marcus. Yeah, when yeah. you said it, then it made me realise it's probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <totally>. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard myself say it, I was like, that's okay. But when I heard it, oh, that sounds, yeah. And yeah, Thracy Marcus sounds much more... Uh, much more OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and from what we... I can tell, Oops, yeah, Cafalus, the last bloke, from what I can tell, it's his place. They're, they're hanging out at his joint. Yeah, Cafalus, um Yeah, I was kind of worried that I would say syphilis instead of Cafalus. <laughs> but uh, I haven't made that slip yet, but if I do during the show, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, all right. And so obviously this is the first book. So the two questions that kind of come to pass are what is justice and when is justice useful that's my take on it um there's other stuff in there but um i think we i think we kick it off so um socrates is uh walking towards a festival with his mate and uh gets intercepted by um thrusty marcus and uh or polymarcus i think oh, sorry yeah and and the yeah. Yeah, how'd you get that wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What's Marxist against friends, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was a weird introduction. Um, do you want to? Mm. It, it felt strange. It, it, like um, you have to come with us, but we're inviting you. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it was almost like they were already sort of like challenging them to a, a duel of words, and, mm -hmm. and it was like, uh, are you going to be able to defeat our? our argument well you know with there's so many of us how are you going to argue your way out of this he sort of said oh, I, I guess i can't and he goes well all right then come on over you know <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do what we want to do so uh yeah invites, i thought it was uh, odd too my immediate reaction to that was is that just seems a little bit odd but then by the time you get to end of book one it's almost like this little interaction right here at the start is almost like telegraphing what's going to happen mm -hmm. um because uh, yeah they sort of rock up and and he's like well there's more of us so you, you can't make us because there's too many of us and then yeah. then he goes on to say well we could reason with you but um, and then the response is yeah but you can't reason with somebody who won't be reasoned with which is kind of seems like a really obvious statement but then as you sort of read through the chapter and it sort of unfolds mm. and you see the, the, the length that Socrates has to go to to get uh, Thrasymachus to to, to really discuss what he actually believes, um, it, it, it kind of it, it's it almost sort of plays out as a foreshadowing. I don't know whether that's thinking about it too deeply, but um, it, I, I, I feel like when you get to the end of book one, you're like, oh, okay, that little conversation at the start kind of fits now. It's, it sort of makes it a little bit more sense. It did seem a bit, uh, yeah, it, it seemed funny because it was just like uh, straight into like conflict because it sounded like it wasn't a conflict of words. It sounded like really... You know, like we're going to drag you off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, that's yeah, what so I thought. It, it was like, hey, we've got some yeah. slaves around you, and there's like eight of us and two of you. So you know, you're coming with us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. You know, they they wanted to bring them along to, uh, you know, to have this conversation, and um, and then it sort of remained that sort of uh, us versus versus you thing, and then you know, there's some things that sort of develop over time, but. It's um, it's quite funny. They're so forceful. They want to have this conversation with this guy that they're going to have like be on the opposite side of. If you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like they needed him because it's like, yeah, you know, we want to have this 
this chat. You're the guy we need to have that chat. So you're <laughs> <Yeah>. coming. <laughs> well, later on in the chapter, they're talking about, uh, I think Thrasymachus is basically has a go at Socrates, mm. um, um, basically, essentially implying that. that he's penniless and that. Um, yep. And then it, it comes out that it's like, Socrates is just this dude that hangs out at people's houses mm. and he has these chats and then they give him money. Yeah. <laughs> like he basically just talks to people and they look after him. <laughs> yeah, because they said something about, uh, you know, we'll pay uh, Socrates' we'll way, like, like we right, always do. Simicus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Thrasymachus is like, I know the answer. So you guys should be paying me. You should be paying me because I know the truth. And then, like, and, and and Socrates is like, I can give you praise. That's all I can give you. And his mates are like, Don't worry, Thrasymachus. If you're right, we'll we'll chip in and we'll cover his end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like yeah. a he's like a missionary for philosophy. Mm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, just goes from place to place saying his thing. But I still can't help but picture him as some kind of vagrant, though. Like, just imagine he probably smells bad and doesn't have shoes. Like a Greek Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. Wandering from place to place. That's it. Uh, cool. So, yeah, so they go to this um, house and uh, they start having a chat with the the old fella. So what's his name? He's Cephalus? Uh, yeah, Cephalus. Yeah. Or so he's, a, he's a rich old dude. and um, Well, he's uh, Polymarchus's father. Yes. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's one of their dads. Um, and I really enjoyed this part. I actually um, mm. read this out uh, a little bit to my wife because the I really enjoyed uh, the part um, where Socrates asked him about what it's like to be old. Yeah. Um, so I might just read that tiny little bit out and... Um, I just, it really resonates with me. Um, so he goes, there's nothing uh, which for my part I like better, Cephalus, than conversing with aged men, for I regard them as travellers who have gone a journey which I too may have to go, and of whom I ought to inquire, whether the way is smooth and easy or rugged and difficult. And this is a question which I should like to ask of you, who have arrived at that time which the poets called the threshold of old age. Is life harder towards the end? Or what report do you give of it? Hmm. And um, I thought it was a great question, but the answer, which I'll, I'll allow you guys to explore a bit, I love the answer. So, um, what what do you think about that answer, Lachlan? Yeah, I love his answer. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's a fairly long answer because they sort of tease it out there. But you know, for him, he's like you know, the old men around me, like some of them bitch and moan about. Uh, how tough she is but that's not my experience and uh i think you know at, at the sort of base of it though he sort of comes up to sort of say that you know um old age is sort of different for everybody based on their character and um men who men who are sort of have a temper or uh complain about everything will continue to do so about the evils of old age as they get older and men such as yourself who are calm and happy in nature find peace in their old age. Um, I love it where he's sort of saying, you know, um, it's, uh, I guess some of the, what was he talking about? The freedom from the, uh, oh, I 
can't oh, remember what they called it again. Like Freedom from... A release Hands from was... a lot of Mad Masters. Yeah, That's the one. That's the one, yeah. yeah they, didn't they didn't have the blue pills back then. <laughs> there was no nasal spray. Yeah, I quite like that too. Yeah, I like that too. It's kind of like, almost like saying, you know, I, I can't be bothered with that sort of stuff anymore. And mm. I'm glad for it. <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, so it's, you know... Um, you know, young men concern themselves too much with, uh, you know, uh, women and drink and food and all, all the, all those things, parts of life. And yeah, to be free of sort of worrying about all that stuff and just being able to focus on life being what life is. And he's, he's content in that. He knows others aren't, but he's content in his life, but he yeah. gets challenged by uh, Socrates on that though, doesn't he? When they talk about money, yeah, that's yeah. right. The next every Socrates is like, it's funny because Socrates doesn't come out and go, "Yeah, mate, you're just saying that because you're rich." Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, kind of approach, <laughs> says, other people to, might say that. Yeah, that's right. Because it, it could be said, you know, it could yeah. be said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very subtle. Um, I'm just turning to that page now. Um. Yeah, here we go. Good. So my translation says, um, I'd rather suspect that people in general are not convinced by you when you speak thus. They think <laughs> that old age sits lightly upon you, not because of your happy disposition, but because you are rich and wealth is well known to be a great comforter. <laughs> so. I think his, uh, his response is, is beautiful though. You know, um, I agree. yeah, I mean, he, he comes up and sort of says, yeah, look, life's not been bad to me, you know, I, I have had a comfortable life, but that's not everything. You know, um, there's plenty of um, rich men who've done bad deeds throughout their life and uh, they can't get a good night's sleep because they're tormented because they're getting close to the end of their life. And yeah, um, I know. that's basically a bit Iowa too. He goes, a good mm. man may find old age easy to bear if he's poor, but a bad man won't be at peace with himself, even if he's rich. Yeah, but do you think he's also saying his wealth empowers him to make amends for the things he did get wrong? I don't think he's saying that um, because, and I think that's like uh, Socrates' conclusion, I think, at the end of the conversation is, you know, what a beautiful thing it is to have had the wealth where you've not had to backstab people along the way and that you can die as a man with a clear conscience because you haven't had to fight your whole way up the ladder and stab all these people. Then you're worried, haunted in your dreams that you're going to go to Hades, um, for all the wrongdoings you've done. Um, so uh, I think that's sort of where he was conclusions, but that, that's how I sort of took it from, um, how Socrates saw it as the, the greatest blessing of his wealth, I think is what was the, the quote that he had there. Yeah, I wonder, uh, it, it does kind of circle around there to the end where he, he sort of says, um, and, the, and the old bloke says it too, it's like, yeah, when you get towards mm. the end of your life, you, you actually start to worry whether um, being a good person or a bad person really matters because they, you know, you're basically mm. staring down the barrel of the next life, whatever that you may believe that to be. So I, I, I'm yeah. very interested to see where that idea, whether that unfolds later on in the book, because they do start talking about justice. And um, I think your conception of justice has to be affected by 
what, what do you think is going to happen to you after you die? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but the uh, one other thing that I picked up uh, um, that that line that we said earlier uh, 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 about getting old and, and not feeling so many desires being a release from a, a lot of mad masters. Um, mm. it, it also reminded me of because um, because later on Saint. Augustine of Hippo goes on to say that a man has as many um, masters as he has vices. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of that idea. Mm. I th- that's that's it reminded me of um, pleasures uh, without limit about punishments, which I, th- I think. Well, I know it's a Stoic quote, but I can't quite recall if it was Marcus Aurelius or if it was um, uh, Epic Sen- or Seneca. Or one of them. Yeah. Seneca. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Just, um, I was going to say, like, the, the bit where they sort of first mentioned to uh, about justice is the um, that sort of final quote he has before they sort of wrap up that conversation. <clears throat> he says, um, Hoke, he says, cherishes the soul of him who lives in justice and holiness and is the nurse of his old age and the companion of his journey. Uh, hope which is mightiest to sway the restless soul of man. So I think that's where yeah. they first sort of touch justice in the, in the book. And um, I think he's just sort of saying, because he's lived his life in a just way, um, he's got hope for the future. He's not in despair about, you know, what's going to happen to him. Um, He's still hopeful, even though he's getting towards the end of his life. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's dead right. Um, I I do wonder where that's from. I mean, in my book, it's sort of separated. It's clear that it's from some poem or something. Uh, they were sort of referencing uh, Pinder, um, Pinder earlier, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I, they're, they're talking about the poetry of uh, Simonides is, is sort of mentioned in another sort of two paragraphs down. So I'm not sure if that was actually come from um, Simonides. I did actually try and research that, uh, but the works of yeah, Simonides How did you go? Aren't, uh, aren't documented. Like, he was well known, but they don't really have any of his works. So um, they're talking about it with some familiarity there, but we don't really have the point of reference as far as I could see. Cool. Cool. My, my translation basically says it is Pinder that, that little section that you read out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, you're right. That That's kind of where he starts to wrap up his sort of explanation. Um, but then that's where Socrates starts pulling apart the idea around mm. justice. Um, yeah. Uh, so, So um, he goes, how admirable are his words and the great blessing of riches I do not say to every man, but to a good man is that he had no occasion to deceive or to defraud others, either intentionally or unintentionally. And when he departs to the world below, he is not in any apprehension about offerings due to the gods or debts which he owes to men. Now to this peace of mind, the possession of wealth greatly contributes. And therefore I say that setting one thing against another of the many advantages which wealth have give to give to a man of sense, this is in my opinion the greatest. So to me, like what he's saying there is because he has wealth that shows that he's alright. Is that what he's saying in your opinion? Uh, I didn't take too much on, on that particular angle to be honest. Um, I must admit like I was looking more to, you know, the argument they're sort of saying you all you know he's just saying that justice is just the fact that you speak truth and pay your debts yeah because um, that's kind of the launch not so that, that you're rich section. but it was kind of like more that you're able to 
to, to settle what you owe, I suppose. See, I thought this is why he handed over to his son at this point and his son sort of starts talking about um, why his father is good, you know. Um, and I think they tied into wealth because doesn't doesn't Socrates later say something about how can justice be associated with wealth because the, the person who gets the wealthiest is essentially the best thief? Uh, there is a comparison sort of made by that where I think he's being some uh, some sort of tongue-in-cheek there. Because uh, yeah. I, I think the idea was that somebody who's good at paying debts uh, may be sort of put into a position of being like, say, uh, um, like a, a money lender or a money borrower or something like that, but they're in the best position to take advantage of that and be dishonest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, 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 I think they basically... Like after discussing the poets and, and that sort of, they kind of, I, I feel like they just kind of land on like a traditional view of, of, um, of justice and that's kind of where they launch out from. Yeah, I mean, you can see like uh, Socrates is kind of like keen to dig into it some more. And I think the old man's kind of like, uh, you know what, I'm not up for this today. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's right, so and then he leaves. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, tag was, in uh, Polymarchus and... Uh, you know, you young men can make some can sacrifices. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and he sort of like walks away, like almost like laughing. I think it was kind of the, the impression I got, like, uh, like chuckling, like enjoy your debate boys, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got that feel about it. Like, well, I've wound him up so someone else can take over now. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to duck out of here before it gets messy. <laughs> Yeah, it's more or less that that last challenge is like, you know, Socrates is basically saying, surely it can't be so simple that it's just to mm-hmm. speak truth and pay your debts. It can't be that simple. And he's sort of saying, yeah, you're right. It's not, but I'm out. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I, I really like that definition though. Like when I first read it, I'm like, why can't it be that simple? Yeah. It's there's something you know you very state beautiful the definition? about the simplicity of that um oh, what you just said that give every man his due tell the truth and, and pay every man his due or debts depending on the way it gets translated mm. yeah i think we um, had that uh, justice is the giving to each man of what is proper to him and this he termed a debt so um, yeah one of the quotes in there yeah. um and yeah so i i, I almost like as I read through, I, I almost started to dislike Socrates when he started to pick it apart. I was like, oh, totally. I it was alright. I, I totally thought that was alright. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, all right, well let's let's uh, old old blokes entered, uh, e- sorry, exited the arena. So let's uh, move on to when his son steps in. So uh, this is Polymarchus. Um, so just. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Polymarchus the guy that originally met him in the street and said, "You're coming to my place"? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Well, no, he sent his slave first. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need to do the talking. He's got people to do that for him, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just didn't want to run. He just, yeah, go <laughs> yes. run after that guy. I'll catch up in a minute. Hold up, hold him up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I must admit, like you, Rubes, I was sort of um, struggling this bit because. Uh, yeah, like uh, Socrates is kind of t- trying every methodology now to kind of like tear this argument apart by throwing all these sort of like 
wacky scenarios at him like and layering them one on top of the other um yeah big time so because he's just sort of saying that we've got this um you know i, I think the meaning's clear to polymarchus you know that the idea of like paying back a debt um is just and that is justice is to pay back the debt and um it just starts getting twisted around by uh socrates is just you know th throwing these kind of warped scenarios you know what if the guy's lost his mind should you really you know return sword what you yeah give him his sword back you know if he's not in the right frame of mind that was one of your yeah, favorite I parts, really wasn't found, like that that analogy i just cracked up i thought that was hilarious because he's like oh so justice is repaying debts giving back people their due is it and he's like yeah yeah sure it is you know, so if you borrow a sword from your friend and then your friend goes mad are you going to give him the sword back <laughs> and, and, you, and you, your immediate reaction is oh come on man that's stupid and you're like yeah no nah, I probably wouldn't shit yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um He's, he's very good at dismantling it and, and going, yeah, but what about, and, you know, yes, we have to pay them back their, their due, but how do we know that that is actually what they are? And, and what I mean by that is um, he starts going to that territory of how, how do you make the judgment that someone is good and someone is bad and then mm. pay the due accordingly? And that, that's, I love this part where he starts going into, you know, the person that seems good may actually be bad and the person that seems bad may actually be good. So by trying to do justice, you're in fact doing injustice because you're giving someone bad the good and giving someone good the bad. <laughs> it's beautifully argued. Well, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure very frustrating for, uh, for Polymarchus because, um, it's basically everything you say, Socrates is going to take the opposite and sort of say, well, if that's true, then the opposite must also be true. Isn't that right? And he, you kind of like, uh, he's a bastard the way he just like <laughs> corners him. And, uh, I feel sort of sorry for, uh, Polymarchus because it, it, it sounded so simple and he, like, you can almost see the guy just getting confused as, and, and it was something inherited from his on father. Him. Like he, he's literally just yeah. inherited it from his dad. <laughs> Yeah, and then and Socrates just chops it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I reckon that's why his dad bailed, because <laughs> obviously yeah. they've had a history of talking before. Because he's like, "Where have you been? I miss talking to you." And then once yeah, they I get to the point right. of the conversation, he's like, "Oh, I gotta go." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, you know, like they sort of sort of thrashing this thing out, and they're trying to come up to you know, um, you know, like what a man who is just is and whether they're useful, like what, a, what's a just man used for? Um, I found that really interesting the way they're looking at it. Um, and look, I think the thing is when they're arguing about some of these things, you have to consider that they're arguing it for the sake of the argument. Mm. And so sometimes they're putting scenarios in place that you just not going to sort of find sometimes. So they're saying like the just man is almost like a, uh, like that's his career or vocation is being just. And so yes. it's like comparing that to, you know, if, if you're a, 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 was it a pilot master or something? Uh, a doctor or a sea captain. Yeah, yeah. Well, all these sorts of different kind of scenarios. And just sort of saying, well, you know, you, we can understand what a, 
a, a pilot on a, on a ship's useful for. You know, they there's an art to what they do, and that, that is to guide the sailors into the port and all that sort of thing. So, so what is it that the the just man does? And that's where you sort of having that conversation. You talk about Tim around, you know, well, uh, you know, they're good for being somebody involved in debts because they uh, um, they could be trustworthy because you know they're going to pay back the money. Um, they sort of have that whole question about whether that can be exploited or not. <laughs> yeah, I think what we we would call them these days we call them thought experiments. That's basically what they mm. are. Mm. I had the same sort of thought though, Lachlan, in that. When I was listening to this, I thought you're, you're talking about professions, and then you're talking about the just men, as if it's a profession, rather yeah. than as it's an part. attribute. Yeah, correct. So you could have a just musician and an unjust musician, or a just taxman and an unjust taxman. Um, and yeah. I think it's so. Yeah, the thought experiment's the right way to think about it because they're, they're trying to break it down. I think to its simplest level. Um. Uh, yeah, but uh, to me, I'm I'm wondering if later in the book that gets addressed, having not read the whole thing. Yeah. Um. I I I I actually had a similar reaction. The way that they keep bringing out these practical examples. Mm. Um. And it did get me wondering. Um. Because I think they had a a more of an idea of like uh, purpose or telos I think it's a later term that Aristotle comes up with called telos um, which to a large extent is kind of lost in today's society like the idea of purpose mm. um, and but I think it was a much clearer idea back then which is I think why they talked about it so openly it's like well what makes something good and it's like well fulfilling its purpose um, which is kind of something that just doesn't get said these days in my opinion from what I can mm. tell. Do you think we're... What's the right way of saying this? Um, people don't really... It's unusual for people to be a specialist in their field their entire life outside of <clears throat> like a doctor or something like that. But I know personally I've had what could arguably be eight or nine different industries in my jobs. Um, and I dabble in many things. So, which probably just wasn't a thing back then you know life life expectancy was less the amount of materials were less the 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 tolerance within society for people to slack off was probably lower (laughs) yeah it's a luxury we have now i think Mm. yeah um you know life back then i think it's that sort of situation that you know when you get to a certain age you're probably going to sort of basically start working in a particular field and that's where you're going to build up your skill set so that's probably where you're going to stay <laughs> so you're probably right people were sort of more clearly identified by their vocation not by the person but by, by what you do probably with slavery um, so that be, was true too right yeah possibly too yeah yeah okay um so i think at this point they're, they're sort of asking like what's the um you know, what's the use of having a just man? Because they're talking about that as that sort of profession. And I thought that was kind of interesting because they, they couldn't find out really what was the best use for that 
for that person because they're sort of saying, you know, would you want a, a just man to uh, negotiate the purchase of a boat or something or would you want to get the, uh, uh, the the captain in or something like that who'd be a better expert at Yeah, it? or so, buying horses, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and all, all these sort of things. So, so it's funny then. You know, they start sort of like really angling on the, on that sort of uh, specialization. But yeah. Polymarchus sort of sounds like he starts getting annoyed with this and going, you sort of get into semantics here, Socrates. So, you know. I, I think you're right. I think there's a disconnect there. And mm. they're kind of starting to zero in on it. Mm. Yeah. So I think we are all agreeing in that part. So let's... Um, continue on so the the part that made me go wow is the conclusion it's not of book one but there's a, a point of conclusion um and it's just after that lachlan where they're talking about you know um can the musician by his art make men unmusical you know certainly not um or the horseman by his art make them bad horsemen yeah um yeah no impossible um so then you know so um then to injure a friend or anyone else is not the act of a just man but of the opposite the unjust man yeah so the audiobook i thought did a much better job of translating that part um essentially saying that um to be a just person to give the unjust what they're due is not possible if you want to remain the just person. Yeah, um, it, I think sort of at the end of that argument, um, they sort of uh, come to an agreement and more or less they're sort of saying that they agree that the just man should do no injury to anyone, whether they're good or bad. That's right. They, both seem to sort of they sort of agree, agree on that. This is, this, is sim- this simply is not true. For as we have seen, it's never right to harm anyone at any time. They kind of, yeah, they're just like, you can't just do harm to someone. <laughs> That's a real, um, I'm surprised at that outcome, given the culture too, um, that they came to that conclusion. And even now, that feels. Um, Seems like modern thinking. But yeah, like it, it um, I could, obviously in Australia, we don't have a death sentence or anything like that. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it gives you a bit of insight into why it's probably ethically as good as we can manage to put someone in a prison where they're fed and clothed and all that sort of stuff. But mm. to me, it kind of, that was a little light globe moment for me, at least that, um, for, for, for justice to be done well, the person receiving the punishment it needs to be um ethically adequate i don't know if there's a better way to say that what do you think ruben uh I, yeah i don't really know where you're going with that so i might uh well, do, you get, do you get what i'm do you get what i'm trying to say i know what you're saying i must admit i didn't i didn't lead lean into it that hard um i i, I hadn't sort of thought of that that application other than you know keeping it in mind, I suppose, that the person who they consider to be just is up on a pedestal so high that they're not going to lower themselves down to, to do damage to even an enemy because 
they're they're a just man you know what i mean um yeah that's as much as i sort of took from that i guess i think yeah. i i think it made me think about parenting a bit like if you've got a kid um who's misbehaving um and and you want to be a, a just dad you know then um patience and <clears throat> gentleness and kindness while still correcting the behavior is necessary to maintain that sort of integrity and i'm not saying that you know you get it right every single time but the mm. like to me it just spoke it sort of just made me reflect on those things i'm, I'm not sure if it was a, a new realization but it certainly made me think oh this is a um an idea that is older than i thought it was uh, like as you said Lachlan, it feels modern mm. but um it's actually an old idea mm was uh, <clears throat> interesting at this part, though, because obviously uh, uh, Thrasymachus takes issue this with this, with this, this position. Yeah, this, is where, <laughs> this is where it gets real. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't want to in interrupt, but um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. This is sort of where I would draw a demarcation where it kind of the, the subject matter and the characters change. Um, yeah. what's, what's your time... What's your time? Yeah, look, I agree. Things? I think I think that'll do for tonight. Because um, I, so... I really want to hook into Thrasymachus because it gets good. Mm. Or what do we say to Thrasymachus? I forget how we decided we we're going to say it. I'll check my notes. Um, uh, I, I, I follow Thrasymachus. Anyway, yeah, like for for anyone that's planning on tuning in next week, uh, it, this is where it gets real. Oh it, yeah, gets spicy. It gets spicy. Yeah. <laughs> as much as a 2,500 year old dialogue between a, a couple of drunk roommates can get spicy, but it gets spicy. It's, it's hot stuff. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right. Well, let let moves us on to our next uh, section. So we we asked for the homework about where was that place called um, mm. where people used to catch up and. Um, uh, shout out to my old man who actually watched the episode which was pretty cool he said the place we were trying to name was the agora of athens uh, it, it is where political and philosophical discussion was held um, so thanks for that and uh, we've we've come up with our own version of that so it just so happened um, my wife and i years ago before we had kids we went uh, to athens uh, and and we took uh, this photo, um, one of you know two thousand that we took, and I don't think it's actually that building, but it looks really similar. Um, so, because it's not that building, I thought we'd call it something else where we just sort of hang out and finish off our drink and talk about whatever we want to talk about for a few minutes. Um, so we're going to call it the the pub for lots of us, um, which is Greek for the pub for lots <laughs> of us. Uh, so yeah. so when, it, when you first said it, I thought you were saying the pub philosophers, but we can't go to the pub because of lockdown. Um, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, free time. So, uh, Lachlan, Wait, hold on. You, can, can, oh, yep. can, we just, can we just reflect? Is this our first segment? Is our first named segment, is it? Yeah, I think so. Besides the book. <laughs> we're at the pub philosophers. Uh, I think you're going to have to come up with a, uh, a new uh, musical sting, though, Tim, just to interject there as, as we make our way to the pub. 
Maybe I could have Zul with a Greek playing over it or something. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> no. That's a terrible idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, as, you were, as you were, Lachlan, you were saying. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't have uh, too much to talk about at the minute. I guess, um, yeah, main deal is uh, that I'm sort of focusing at the moment in lockdown is playing with my car. So um, I got um, lots of bits and pieces I'm keen to uh, keen to kick off with. Um, I've been basically collecting all these little, little uh, knickknacks and things to, uh, to add on to it. And uh, I want to go in one big, one big hit and get it done. So that's really all I've been, I've been focusing on this week aside from, from work and going for laps around the block, trying to get my fitness back up. I after, uh, yeah. Uh, after about a, Every 10 month hiatus I've been sort of doing a bit of uh, hit stuff at home and then uh, getting a jog in here and there so uh, trying to get back in shape again which uh, you know good for the mental health as well as the physical health you know get out get some fresh air all that sort of thing yeah very good nice mm-hmm. that's about it for me how about you Rubes yeah well mentioning health I, I think that's probably something that I, I want to think about too I, I've, I've once also been probably taking a little bit more than 10 months off um, and it's one of those things where it snowballs you're like oh yeah I'll, I'll get back into it next week I'll get back into it next week and then you don't so um, I figure if I say it now on the record I can't I can't not have done something by next week so well, I need you guys <laughs> to hit me up next week and go did well, you get your account off the couch? that's it Nice. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I've been training consistently, um, inconsistently, uh, <laughs> for a few months now, and I was keen to get back in for four days this week. And I had the second Pfizer vaccine on Wednesday, and on Thursday night, I was wiped out from it. I had the shakes. I had all sorts of nonsense, nausea. It was just that. Um, but all better. Um, so that's good uh, but what I've been doing I've I've been reading this it sort of flicked a switch so I've just finished listening to a history of Alexander the Great um, there's this YouTube channel that I've um, found that do like 15 minute bite sized chunks of history and they use animations out of uh, the Total War games to sort of show the <laughs> formations and stuff um so that's pretty cool if you're a gamer, like you know those games, more likely. I used to play it heaps, I know Ruben did. Um, so that that was really cool. Uh, and they did a um, sort of Alexander's last big speech video too, uh, just after, it was probably less than a year before uh, he met his end. It, there's this great speech that he did where he reconciled with his soldiers and um, they did an excellent job. Uh, the voice actor in it is really good. And it's it's very well written. Um, so I've I've been enjoying that. Uh, What's it called? Sorry. Oh, uh, the channel. Uh, I'll get that for you. Um, Are we allowed to plug other people's stuff? I think I it's mean, fine. I did last week. Yeah, you plugged. <laughs> By the way, I did listen to that um, from Young Clavin. Um, that was that was very good. Uh, the the introduction to uh, the Republic. I thought he did a great job. Uh, so, so the uh, YouTube channel is called Epic History TV, and 
they have over a million views on some of their videos. Um, but yeah, they've got they've got a massive Napoleon plate this too, um, which I'll probably work through this week. Uh, so yeah, I've been enjoying that, and um, I just also have enjoyed reading this book. Um, I wish I'd started with this book. Uh, the first philosophy book I read was Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. And that mm. is a hard book to read because that's a journal. Yeah. So it, and and I and I read it and I loved it, uh, but it's um, it's a slog that book to get through from cover to cover. <laughs> well, this book, I have to stop myself to read. That's why I've read it so many times. The first book because I don't want to keep reading, because I, I want to share the uh, mind blowing experiences. Yeah, and if you get too too far ahead, you'll forget you'll yeah. forget the last bit. So. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying this. Well, at least guys. The, yeah, at least the way we've done it, we've left the we've left we've left the last third of the first book for next week. So we, we we've we've got ahead on our homework. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we have. So my homework this week is to get us on Spotify uh, and hopefully Apple Podcasts, and then <laughs> that'll be good enough, I think. Um, All right, I'll try to get that bio done for you. Ah, yeah, sweet. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're still listening, um, check out Lachlan's bio he put on the website. Um, that's pretty cool, so you can get to know him a little bit more. Um, and I think that'll do for tonight. Um, so remember, everyone, the Republic wasn't built in a day, and neither were middle-aged men. Uh, so <laughs> long live the Republic. Uh, take care, and we'll see you next time. Have a good See week. you guys.